Hey everybody, welcome to episode 228 of the Bite Me podcast. As we said in the April, uh, you know, games coming out in April podcast that we recorded, um, this is a CNC production because Dylan's gone. And then we made some bad like CNC Music Factory jokes and it was terrible. I don't know why I'm talking about it again. I'll be completely honest. It's, it you was brought not. It up. It was not good. Anyway, me and Colby are here today. Dylan is in a meeting, so he could not make it. I'm going to tell you two things, Colby, that I learned today, okay? Uh, first of all, my boss uh, plays a lot of weird instruments. One of them is called the Ophiclide. Hmm. But the instrument that apparently he is best at is called the Flugabone. And he's not just screwing with you, right? <laughs> I, I literally Did you found- ask for proof? I so he's like yeah you know talking about the Ophiclide we've talked about it before because it's like kind of a weird tuba thing kind of I don't know it's weird um, and so I'm, and I said something about that weird instrument he plays he's and I'm like I can never remember the name of it because the only person I've ever ever heard say Ophiclide is you and uh, and so he's like well it's spelled like this maybe that'll help and so I, I did a Google search on it and like that just brings up other weird instruments and one of them was the flugabone I'm like what is a flugabone he's like oh actually that's the instrument that I play the like that's kind of like my primary instrument and I'm like why <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it's like a mix between a trumpet and a trombone so it's it sounds the same as a trombone like it's in the same key as a trombone but uh you play it with keys like the trumpet so it, you can play it in marching bands i guess i don't know man it's super weird anyway flugabone that's uh that's what you get today on the bite me podcast you'll also get some video games we're going to talk about those a little bit uh 22 new id at xbox games coming to game pass this year there's some good looking stuff on there too uh amnesia rebirth is just moody now after a new update um the other day I saw a tweet and they're like, hey, you know, this is this is CD Projekt Red and like we've made a bunch of updates and really, you know, it's really just up to PlayStation at this point if they want to relist the game. And I had completely forgotten that you could not buy <laughs> Cyberpunk on the PlayStation game store. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, there's a new World War II game coming out. It's called Enlisted. It's going to hit open beta next month. Uh, you can play 100 people in a World War II battle, which sounds kind of fun. Um, we're going to talk about Bleep. I'm just going to leave it there. Bleep. Uh, and then finally, it looks like the PlayStation stores are actually shutting down. We'll have some more details on that. And um, I'm just going to juxtapose that news with some new news from Xbox as well. Then we got a handful of questions. It's a small handful, but I like to think that they're quality. One of them's from Colby, so Woo! three out of four are good. Uh, bunch of cheap free games, though. Tons of PS Plus games with gold, Game Pass, all that kind of stuff. So we'll do that. We actually have a small bites, too. Uh, which is not something that happens very often. So we'll, we'll do that a little bit later. But first off, Colby, why don't you tell me about the games you have been playing? I have been playing more of Monster Sanctuary. Um, I actually 100%ed it this uh, weekend. Um, and then he kept playing it. And then I kept playing it because my kid loves that game. Like, when I'm not here, she watches YouTube videos of other people playing Monster Sanctuary or like... You know, hey, this is how I spec out my team in so are Monster you saying, Sanctuary. Are you saying that at the ripe old age of four, your daughter has replaced you with influencers? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. I mean, trust me, no one who is playing uh, Monster <laughs> Sanctuary is an influencer. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> like, these are all just dudes with YouTubes. <laughs> <laughs> It happens. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that game is so good. Um, 
Uh, you, like, I don't know, a month ago or so, you're like, you know what I really wish? That, like, our podcast was big enough that we could, like, say, like, this game is good. You should go out and buy it. And, like, we had enough people to go out and buy it. And, yeah. like, I wish that about Monster Sanctuary. I wish that about, like, Spirit Fairer. That, like, just somehow we had the reach of, like, I'm like, go play Monster Sanctuary. I wrote a review on the Xbox Store for Monster Sanctuary. You know what I've never done before? That. Like, I've sometimes, like, once or twice done the, like, eh, five stars, you know, kind of thing. And they're yeah, like, do you yeah, want to yeah. write a review? I'm like, God, no. Uh, this one, I took the time to write a review. Um, but, uh,. It's it's just really good. I really like it. Um, yeah, I'm not even too mad that I'm like I beat this game. I've hundred percented it. I've done everything. My kids like want to start a new character. I'm like, why not? So did you know there's a new game plus? Th- not yet. Oh, I there think there w- is on the PC. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. There will be. That's in the in the next update, and I am actually kind of excited about that. Yes. <laughs> love um, it. Love it. Yeah, but, I, I think the only game I've ever actually convinced anyone to buy is uh, is uh, Firewatch. I got a ton of people to buy Firewatch, though. Yeah. Um, then after I beat that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try a couple other games. And none of them I played long enough to go like, this is good or bad. It was just mostly, I'm like, this isn't for me. Um, I sure. played, I don't even remember, Battle. Chaser's Nightmare or something? I can't... I don't even remember what it was called. I think that um, is actually what it's called, though, yeah. Yeah. It's on Game Pass. It's a turn-based RPG. Um, and I just, like... I I think I came to the conclusion I do not mind turn-based RPGs. I don't like ones that are, like, a little too difficult. Where, like, I might lose and have to redo a bunch of stuff. Like, that's yep. just kind of what I don't like. Um, that's what I like... About Monster Sanctuary. You lose in battle, you just start like from exactly before the battle, and you walk right back into it. I tell um, you, you need to play Eichenfell. That's yeah. exactly how that game works. Um, and then I played Wargroove, which is... I know I don't know if Chucklefish made it or if they just published it, but it's like a kind of turn-based... Um, not like turn based like uh, what are those ones where you can walk a certain amount of steps? What are those called? Grid? Uh, uh, like a um, like a like a turn based strategy, strategy game, yeah, it's tactics kind of, game, probably, yeah, and I that's guess. what it and that's what it's supposed to be. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's like some tactics tactics game that I've heard of, but I'm like, I never played, and so I tried that, and I played it for like a half hour, and I'm like, this isn't going to be for me either. Yeah, and then I played Moonlighter. Um, which I had played for, uh, according to my save, 16 minutes at some point last year. Um, probably when What's I first bought it. Uh, and I'm like, well, let's give this a go. And Moonlighter is really fun. Um, it is. The one thing I will say is just don't worry about like setting your prices. There's an entire wiki that will tell you exactly where your prices are good. And you know what? Oh, really? Just use that. Because I don't want to have to dick around with like, well, this thing is worth, you know, $130 maybe. And then like the guy's like, ha ha, sucker. This is actually worth a thousand. I'm like, well, I guess now I know. I just go to the Wikipedia th- or the wiki thing, and it's like, uh, yeah, sell it for like thirteen hundred and thirty bucks. I'm like, okay, done. Oh, that's um, awesome. Uh huh. <laughs> like, I I guess that like takes something out of the game, maybe, but it doesn't for me, yeah. and so <laughs> that's what I do because like like while that part is fun, I guess I really more enjoy like the dungeon crawling in that. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that's a this is a super solid game. Um, I'm like I think there's four dungeons. I think maybe there's five, and I'm on the second one. And uh, it's just just really fun. I really like it. Do you want to, for folks who haven't played it, do you want to tell, because it's got a really unique mechanic. Oh, yeah. So um, you go into a dungeon at night and you fight all sorts of bad guys and they drop materials and things like that and stuff that you can give to other people in town to make into things. And then you go back to your shop during the day and sell them. Um, so you're basically just trying to sell things and make money so you can bring more people in and buy more stuff and get better gear so you can go into the better dungeons and fight more guys and, and like uh, upgrade the city overall too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You upgrade yeah. this. Yeah. Like I brought in a, a, a lady to make enchantments and then a guy who does like armor. Um, yeah, it's overall, it's just like a real interesting game. Um, oddly I came, I'm like, I should play Moonlighter because I bought another game, um, the other day that was like, run your own tavern. You go out and you (laughs) like farm stuff and do all these things. I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And I bought it and I'm like, that's like Moonlighter. I should play Moonlighter. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) okay. It's a cool game. It's 20 bucks on, uh, on, uh, Xbox, but it's also on Game Pass. It's on Game Game Pass. I bought it uh like i said probably a year ago when it was on yeah. sale i think i got it for like seven or eight bucks so i think i actually game. got a copy of that game from the publisher to review and i like played it a little bit and then like talked about it a little bit and said hey this game's cool and yeah. then never finished it so i yeah, should. should it's a cool you game you should totally play it it's it's quite fun I do like the idea of just basing your like because that was one thing I wasn't really sure. It seemed like a lot of screwing around with like how mm-hmm. much does this thing cost, and it seems like money is important in that game too. Yeah. So. Well, and it was it was kind of like I like I understand doing that because it was kind of interesting where you're like you're like I have no idea how much this is worth a hundred and fifty dollars, and then like the people come up and they get like the you know dollar signs in their eyes like ha ha, and I'm like so it's worth more than that, but. How much How more? Much? <laughs> like yeah. this, this counter goes up to like a million dollars. I I just don't know. Like, I I do believe that. Like, if you are a gamer that just has nothing but time, like I welcome you to play games mm-hmm. the way they were intended to be played. But you know what? I do not have nope. Nope. time. Like, I got so in. Many- I- I turn that thing to normal, and I'm just checking the the wiki to see how much to sell stuff yeah. for, and I'm having a good time. So. I think I my enjoyment of video games has gone up so much since I just was like, is there is there an easier mode than easy? Like that's the one I'm interested in. Um, I don't want to watch that. a video playthrough on YouTube because I kind of want to play it. But like, is there a, a step in between those two? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and like that, and I just make gratuitous use of like if I'm stuck on something for more than five minutes, I'm looking up a walkthrough uh-huh. like. Just I, I don't want I want everything to just be a smooth path in front of me and it's great I, it's the way to play video games I tell you at least for me like you may be different your mileage may vary uh, let's see this week I have played I uh, played a more Phoenix Rising I think I'm actually getting close-ish to getting done with that are you gonna uh, buy the DLC yes but probably not immediately. I mean, like, I will say that if you think you're going to buy the DLC, you should just get it because you'll get rewards points for it. And I mean, it's not a ton of reward points, but like, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they're offering it now. Might as well. That's a good point. Yeah, I think I probably will just because I've enjoyed the game. But it's also one of those things where, like, I don't want to play more of it right now. I want to beat yeah. it and then <laughs> play more of it later. That's a good point, though. Because, yeah, you get like 1,500 or 2,000. I think points. it's more than that, maybe. Yeah. 
I thought it was like but, 60 I don't know. It's a $15 DLC, so it's not whatever. I could redeem points to get the DLC and then get some of them back. So that's that's smart. Um, I, I've beaten... So, like, the, the story of this is, you know, there's a big baddie who has... Um, like cast spells on four of the gods and you have to go do quests for them and to kind of to, in order to break those spells and there's four gods and I've I just freed the fourth one so I think I've got a couple like quests to mop up for them and then I'll uh, be able to fight the uh, the main bad guy I assume so I mean I'm at like 28 hours I can't imagine I have more than like I don't know maybe five or six hours left to play that and you know I will say this is another game too that <laughs> I've done this twice now where I'll I'll load up a game after playing it on my TV and I'll load it up on my phone playing it remote play and go like, I don't know, I'm just not sure this is the same. I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure this game's really meant for phone. And then I'll put like 10 hours into it on the phone and go like, that's eh, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I have played probably more game time on my phone in the last two months than I have on my TV. And it's... It, it tells me that, like, the Switch was really the right idea, but it just was the wrong form factor for me. Like, the Switch hurts my hands to hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can play on an Xbox controller with my phone clip to it for hours. Yeah. Um, someone just needs to, like, bridge that gap. Or I just need to get a slightly larger phone, maybe? I don't know. Um, so that's Phoenix Rising. It's great. I'll probably have it done by the time we talk next week, I would assume. Um, the other game I played this week is called Wreckfest. It's a Game Pass game. And, like, the... The the concept is just simple. It is a it is a destruction derby. Um, and there's, there's two kinds of game modes. There's, like, flat out, we put you in a giant arena destruction derby. And there are, uh, like destruction derby races where you have to be the la- the first person to complete a race course but also while you're trying to you know like hit other people so it's it's super simple there's like eight different car types and they kind of range from like well i mean they range from a riding lawnmower um up into a school bus um, and like everything in between, there's like a, like the, the three wheeled car that Mr. Bean screws with is in there. There's a rocket couch. Um, there's a, like a, a motor home and then like just a bunch of other kind of cars in between that. Some fast cars, some like tougher cars and it's ridiculous. And it's so much fun. I've been playing it uh, a lot with my kid. I played it the other day with my kid and his friend. And you just, like, load up the two or three of you and then throw in, like, four or five other, like, computer-controlled cars and just wreck each other. And it is ridiculously fun. It's, it's like I said, there's nothing, there's nothing tricky about it. There's nothing special about it. It is literally just a destruction derby game. And it is just super fun. Free on uh, Game Pass. So check out Wreckfest because it's... I would like to get, I think it would be really fun some weekend to get like six or seven folks from the podcast and we'll just do a big rep fest game because it's, it's just enjoyable. Really, really good time. So like you do all bus matches, like where you're all in buses. Um, I don't know. I liked it. Uh, we are going to talk about Patreon for a second. So that is how you can support the podcast and you can do that at patreon.com slash bite me podcast. And we have $1 levels. We have $3 levels, $5 or no. 
no five dollar level. I should add a five dollar level. You don't get anything. It's just there. Uh, we have a seven dollar level and a ten dollar level. I will tell you, I ordered stickers today. We've got stickers coming, so all the people I owe stickers to, you'll be getting them. I'm going to say soon because I'm not actually very good at the follow through on such things. But having stickers is the first part of that. Anyway. If you're a $10 patron, in in addition to getting your podcast early, we also mention your name on the show. So we, do you want to read them this week, Cole, or do you want me to do it? You can go ahead and do cool. it. Cool. We got John Tippins. I'm not going to make up nicknames for you. That was a oh, disaster. Darn. Maybe next week. We got Sean Palmer. We have Austin Palmer. We have Alan Schulte. And we have Joe Cole Jr. Thank you guys for uh, making this podcast, uh, you know, not cost me money directly. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, if Again, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can go to Bite Me Podcast. No, you can't. You can go to patreon.com slash Bite Me Podcast. Someday, Colby, I'm going to make that URL rich. You're listening to this podcast right now. You have access to my, my website. Could you just go make that redirect for me? It's, it's under, like, tools redirection. If you could just make that happen, bitemepodcast.patreon should link to patreon.com slash bitemepodcast. Like, just do that for me and, and let me know when it's done. I'm kidding, man. I'm really kidding. Anyway, thank you to our patrons. Uh, Cole, I think uh, we're skipping over Extra Life, so don't, don't read there and get confused. What are we doing next? I can only assume we're doing news. We are doing news. So, uh... Did you watch any of the uh, idea at Xbox like thing last week? I watched the like three minute video of them saying like, "Hey, we had the, the idea at Xbox. Here's some of the games." It uh, it was cool. Um, like the the actual broadcast was not very good. They had like two influencers doing it, and I don't know if either of them had ever talked to each other before they had to co-host a show together and it kind of showed but the games coming out looked really good so kind of the the long and short of it is that uh id at xbox is going to release about 60 games this year and just about 22 of them are actually coming to game pass so there are 22 cool indie games uh coming out soon and i like if you don't know how id at xbox works it's essentially like a um it's a program that i that xbox runs to help xbox games get made or or make help devs get xbox games made um and like it's not exclusive either like these games will release on other platforms and do all the time um but it just like is to help them a little bit with marketing help them a little bit you know with business development that kind of stuff and uh, from what i understand it actually really makes a big difference if you're a small developer so um there's some good stuff coming out though that uh you may have heard of um colby and i were talking about cozy grove it's uh it's an idea at xbox game i believe maybe it's not i really thought it was but i might have just made that up we saw that in the preview didn't we uh, i don't i didn't maybe not anyway uh have you heard about boyfriend dungeon i have it's it's like a wacky like visual novel roguelike where your sir sword turns into guys and you date your weapons but also fight with them um that's coming let's see what else is coming um Hello Neighbor 2, which I, the first one did so poorly, I can't imagine they made a second one, but like that game has erupted into, like it's got a TV show now, and um, like a series of books, <laughs> so that's coming. Uh, Little Witch in the Woods is a fantasy role-playing game, looks pretty cool. Um, Moonglow, that's the one I was thinking about that uh, we saw coming. This is oh, another yeah, yeah. Colby Moon game. Yeah. yeah, it's a uh, it's a wholesome fishing RPG <laughs> <laughs> set in Eastern Canada where you can Colby is going to catch at least a hundred different kinds of fish because there are at least a hundred different kinds of fish in this game. It's got kind of a cool uh, 
like pixel block yeah uh voxel aesthetic to it so that that looks real good uh the folks who make guacamelee have a new game coming out uh called nobody saves the world it's an action rpg looks pretty cool i don't you've played the guacamelee games haven't you colin i played the first one the second one's actually better to be honest um stalker 2 is uh a set in Chernobyl looks real good it's a sequel oh, to Stalker I, obviously I'm really excited for that yeah that's a big win to be coming to uh, ID at Xbox as well um, really the the long and short of it though is there's just some phenomenal looking games coming out uh, on Game Pass from the ID at Xbox folks so I would really encourage you we tweeted it the other day I believe to watch the like three or four minute recap video of uh, all the games coming out it just it really it really cements to me why I like the Xbox. Like they do cool things with indie devs and then they give you their games for ten bucks a month. It's like a it's just a, a, a perfect thing if, if you have to you know, if 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 you're me, I guess. So check that out. It's some uh, good stuff. <clears throat> uh I could probably link that in the show notes too. Have you played have you played any of the amnesia games, Cole? I own, I think. <laughs> How many are there? handful um three i want to say amnesia dark descent amnesia war game of pigs or something so around i want to say halloween um there was a big sale on like horror games and i bought a ton of them because they were all dirt cheap and i think i bought the amnesia games and went i'll get around to those at some point because again you know kid yeah yeah um but uh i i have not played them but i own them yeah, so I played the first one and it's pretty good. And then I played the the one that the Machine of Pigs, I think, which is actually like not a mainline uh, amnesia game. It's actually built by uh, Ch- China Room Studios, like the yeah. the folks that made um, Dear Esther, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that one was kind of interesting. Uh, but then they went on to make Soma, which. I've heard is great, but again, have not played. And then Amnesia Rebirth, and like the kind of interesting kind of twist of Amnesia Rebirth is that you're playing a protagonist who's pregnant. Um, so like, there's a lot of horror involved, but also like the you know having to like care for your kid. Um, but I think the really cool thing that this studio has done with both um, Soma and Amnesia Rebirth is they've released like not scary versions of them. So with both of these games, they're, uh, I don't remember what Soma's mode's called, but in Amnesia Rebirth, it's called Adventure Mode. And it literally just takes like takes the gamma of the game and makes everything lighter. So you're not like wandering around in a dark, you know, place that you can't see anything. It removes all of the scary bad guys um, and removes like part of the, that game is like darkness is bad. So you have to like use like matches essentially or, or lanterns as a resource and constantly be in the light or else the the terrible things come and make you go kind of insane. So it removes all that stuff. And what it leaves is just like a really good, like walking sim puzzle game. And in the adventure mode, they've actually even added additional puzzles. And I just think it's a really, like, I don't know if I want to call that like accessibility because I don't know if that's exactly the right word, but I think it's really cool to like, there are some people that will never play a horror game. They're just not going to play a horror game. I mean, like I'm not, 
I'm not exactly one of those people, but like I only play a very particular kind of horror game. Like I'm not interested in a, in a game with jump scares. Like I don't enjoy jump scares, so I probably will not play a game that has excessive jump scares. And I believe these games do. I'm never going to play. Um, what's that? Uh, what's the horror game that had the Kickstarter where they like were pretending to kickstart diapers for the second one? Uh, the one where you play a journalist over. Was it Outlast? Outlast, yeah. Yeah. Probably never going to play that. Like, I'm probably not even really going to play the new Resident Evil games or any of the Resident Evil games, really. Um, although that, like, nine-foot-tall lady kind of intrigues me, so we'll see. Um, but I like the idea of taking a scary game and just taking all the scary stuff out of it and leaving all the, like, the exploration and the cool areas. Like, I've heard Soma's great because it's, like, this cool underwater, like, adventure now that just they took all the monsters out. I kind of like that idea. What do you think? Would you be more or less likely to play a, a scary game with the scary removed? Um, I mean, like, of all of my complaints about scary games, rarely is it that they're too scary. Too scary. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'd much rather, like, fix your cameras about 90% of the time. But <laughs> yeah, that it was my be biggest... interesting to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Um, I, I keep meaning to play Soma because I've heard Soma's great, and I may play Soma this way without the Soma without the scary. Yeah. Yeah. All right, as we mentioned, kind of in our in our little preview portion of the podcast, I completely forgot that Cyberpunk 2077 could not be purchased. <laughs> I got is it off the store completely? Like, can you not buy it digitally on the PS5 even? I have no idea. I'm beginning to think you can't, but anyway, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 got like a big patch yesterday that apparently fixed some stuff, <laughs> but not everything. Um, but there was an investor call as well, and uh, they kind of came out and said like, hey, we've published several patches, we have published a really big one yesterday, and we've published several hotfixes. Each and every one of them brings us closer to going back on the PSN store, uh, Michael Nowakowski, who's their uh, VP of uh, Business Development, said. However, the final decision, you have to understand, belongs to Sony. We do believe we're closer than further, but of course, the final call is theirs. So let's wait and see. I, What do you think, Cole, if you were an investor in a video game company and they were just kind of like, I don't know, shrug shoulders, we'll see. Maybe we'll get to be on the biggest console game platform again someday <laughs> would I that mean, make you feel good like they sold like 20 million copies i think oh, yeah. if i was an investor i don't think i'd really care you'd be all right yeah you'd be all right i just isn't it is it shocking to me that probably one of the biggest triple a releases of last year you cannot buy on the playstation digitally? yeah yeah it, it does seem kind of strange <laughs> super weird super weird i i don't know that just like hit me out of like left field i was like you still can't buy that i don't play I don't pay that much attention to the PlayStation, so I mean, I guess that could be part of it, but just, just yeah. strange. Uh, Enlisted, it is a new 100-player World War II game, and it's getting uh, put into open beta on April 8th, so about a week from now. Um, I I do like their uh, their like tagline. Is it will focus on historical recreations over quote-unquote sport-like competitions. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that means, but I like the idea of World War II being like just ground down to being a sport like competition instead of, you know, actual World War II. Uh, it will include the invasion of Normandy and the battle for Moscow campaigns. And uh, 
there's some it's supposed to be like a very historically accurate like real weapons real guns real um, like you're going to be able to fire a browning m one nineteen a two machine gun and uh like fly you know five p thirty eights and be in real German tanks and fire you know all sorts of like historically accurate weapons and stuff which tell me your take on World War two games because in my was, head, I was just thinking, I'm like, man, Battlefield 1942 is so cool when it first came out. I don't know why that's what my head went to, but do you remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 so that's kind of what I'm thinking in my head is like, on one hand, like, I think World War II as a, like, historical point and, like, the 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 machines of World War II, the tanks, the planes, the, you know, all that stuff are really, really interesting. Um, and I like any games where you can presumably shoot Nazis. Um, but at the same time, like, having come a long way from Battlefield 1942, do, like, the last time I played, I, I didn't play the World War II Battlefront, but I played Battlefield 1, I guess, which was a World War yeah, One game. One, yeah. I'm like, these guns suck. Like <laughs> well, you yeah, have World War One guns and World War Two guns are, are very different. different. Um, I just remember thinking like I got I get I'm so used to playing like the Division or uh, like Destiny where like the guns are you know like they've got a 19x scope on them and there's a very interesting I I don't even know what it is where your guns can't be too slow. Like, yeah, I don't want to play like a civil war, you know, like thing where I'm having to, you know, God, that'd hack, be amazing, you know, powder in kind of thing. Could you imagine um, like a, a a civil war battle royale game though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it'd probably just be bayonet charges because that's what a uh, lot of you point. know. Um, but like you don't want those. But also like World War Two guns, World War Two to like nowadays guns can either feel real good or real bad. Yeah. But, like, a lot of times feel real good. But if you take, like, nowadays guns and make them, like, vaguely future-ish, like um, uh, some of the Call of Duty games did that, yeah. they all just feel like garbage. Um, so you need to go, like, so far into the future that you've got, like, Destiny guns. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. There's just, like, a really sweet spot. And World War II can either hit that or not. It's a lot of, like, I think a lot of the World War II guns for me is I don't think that, and, and I'm going to preface this by saying I am not a very good shooter player at all. So, like, when you get to World War II, it makes things harder because, like, yeah. anything with, like, iron sights, uh-huh. like, I can't shoot a gun with iron sights to save my life. Um, and so many World War II guns are, like... You don't have a lot of scoped weapons in in World War Two. There's no red dots in World War Two. Yeah, There's no. no, and that stuff makes it really hard. Um, but I think at the same time too, like there's an expectation in a video game when you click on someone, they die. Um, yeah. And so like, it would be. I don't actually want to play a game that used accurate World War Two weapons because something tells me that accuracy was not. Like, well, by that time, I mean they were they're pretty good. Pretty I mean, especially for for the like lengths you're going to, and I mean, like you gotta figure like an M1 Garand shot a thirty odd six. Yeah, I guess so, that's like, true. 
Like that that has some takedown power. It's got some oomph behind it. Yeah. I just wonder how accurate they were were in World War Two. Like Oh, I that, mean like for what they were used for, plenty. Plenty. Well I think that, that, yeah. that actually is probably kind of the other half of it too, is that the games the World War Two games we play are probably not a very good representation of what actual war, even no. with a hundred players, like that's not a very good representation of what an actual. I mean, the you know Normandy is one of the missions, but it wasn't fifty versus fifty in Normandy. You know, it was you know tens of thousands versus tens of thousands. So like, it's hard to it's hard to thousands. model. Yeah. yeah, you know. Um, but either way, like. It's open beta. I'll probably throw that on my PC and try it out. Can we not do Normandy? Like, <laughs> no, you got to, call. I mean, like, I... Like World War II, cool, but, like, I don't know. A lot of things happened that weren't just Normandy. It was a very long war, like, wasn't it? Yeah, there, it, was, it was a world war. Like, <laughs> there was a lot of different places. Like, I don't know. Do, like, the Battle of Stalingrad, where only half of you have guns and the other half of you have bullets, and you just wait for someone to die so you can take their gun. <laughs> I think I think that that is I mean I think that that's really the discussion about war games in general is I mean it's kind of like the the 6 days in Fallujah discussion yeah. is you can only make a game so realistic and you can only make a game so like I in my head I'm like shit that that's an awesome game where you <laughs> you've I, got I some was, guns I was and, just thinking I'm like Oh man, I want a uh, Slaughterhouse Five bombing oh, of geez, Dresden right? walking sim. Right? I'm like, I don't think you can make that, but <laughs> I think you absolutely could. But I think that's the disappointing thing is I think that when we think about World War II as a setting for video games, it's always a battlefield, battlefront, 1942 kind of game where the probably the best stories you could tell of World War II. I mean, honestly, the probably the same thing is true about Vietnam. Is not the, not the Battle of Normandy, but like the small skirmishes, the yeah. small a uh, group of ten GIs taking a town. It's it's really the games that get told by the like uh, like the turn based tactic World War Two games, where it is a group of five people trying to sneak into a German uh, French town to take out you know the German you know the Germans from the inside that kind of thing. But they often don't have the story that goes along with them too. I think that there's probably a really good World War Two story to be told. Um, and it's probably one of the last wars where you can, I'm not going to say that like the U.S. was always the good guys in World War II. Like I'm sure <laughs> terrible, terrible things happened in World War II. I, I can name a few things. That's... Yeah. But you know what I mean? But it's probably one of the last yeah. like ones where you can, like I can, you can tell World War II stories through the lens of like, hey, we were the heroic saviors that did some cool stuff, and no one's gonna go like, well, yeah, but what about all those villages you burned down? Like, well, and it's it's there was a very solid bad guy. Yeah, like, exactly. You have the Nazis, and no one's like, well, you know, like if you look at it from their point of view, you're like, well, they're, <laughs> like, they're still Nazis. Yeah, you know? it, like it, it wasn't like a it wasn't a colonial, you know, imperialistic. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, but it was, but it, but it, the reality is, is it wasn't a war that like everyone was like, are you sure we're not just doing that to get more oil? Or are you sure we're just not trying to fight some like invisible red menace that you've yeah. convinced us is a problem? Um, it was actually a war against a bad guy. 
And, and so I think that there's like some really interesting stories to be told there. And unfortunately, I think there's stories that are rapidly disappearing too. Yeah. Um, like the the last World War II veterans are going to be dead, not very long from now. I mean, you know, like if you think that you had to be 20 to get into or 16 to get into yeah. World War II, like that means you were born in like the late 20s. Yeah. Like you're rapidly reaching 100 years old, and there'll be a couple of those dudes that holds on until 105, 110. But I mean, by 2030, you're probably pretty close to out of World War II veterans. So I don't know. Interesting game though. I'll, I'll give it a check out, and we'll see. Uh, okay, so <laughs> this next thing is called Bleep. Cole, are you ready for Bleep? I am ready for Bleep. So what Bleep will do is, do you remember a second ago where I uh, said shit on this podcast, even though I try not to do such things? I do remember that. Bleep is a new software being developed by Intel that uses AI processing to bleep people um, in real time. So you'll be able to take bleep, you'll be able to integrate it into your game, and then I guess, depending on who you're playing with, you'll probably just hear a lot of bleeps or maybe a little less bleeps. Um, if you're playing with me, it'll be a pretty pretty medium amount of bleeps, I would say. But uh, Occasionally with me, there's a lot of bleeps. A lot of bleeps, yeah. Um, but apparently the way it works is that actually like on the fly translates your text to or your speech to text and then like looks at the text and says well that word is not appropriate and bleeps it so i've got to assume there's a slight delay but uh yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that works out but apparently you can target stuff so you can say like they, they call it uh conversation temperature so like if all you want to filter out is like the curse words it, it has just like a straight up swearing filter but you can also turn on things like misogyny name calling and racial hate speech i would think racial hate speech maybe should be on yeah, by default maybe, but maybe. you know i mean it takes all kinds of people to play video games, I guess. Um, but it's kind of an interesting idea. Apparently, it's in beta right now, and it's going to be rolling out in uh, like official capacity sometime this year. So I don't know if... I don't know if... It'll, it'll really depend on how it works. I hope it works really well, because I think that having... Having the ability to turn on something like that would probably make online interactions way better for a lot of people um especially probably uh people that might be targeted by misogyny or racial hate speech <laughs> i'm guessing that uh those are, are groups of people that might uh benefit from something like bleep so anywho uh so last time last time colby and i got together to talk we talked about um PlayStation might be, if even remember last episode, I guess it was the, the episode of rumors. And uh, one of those rumors was that PlayStation might be shutting down their uh, game stores. And that rumor turned out to be uh, very, very true. Uh, on July 2nd, 2021, they will shut down the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Pro. Is that what PSP stands for, Cole? I never had one. PlayStation Portable. 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 Uh, will get shut down on July 22nd, and the PlayStation Store for the Vita will be shut down on August 27th. Um, the interesting thing about the Vita Store shutting down is there are, like, three games that were actually going to be released on Vita this year. And uh, one of them's like, ah, we're just not going to make it in time. <laughs> and the other two are like, well, essentially we're a limited run game now <laughs> because uh, they just won't be able to do it in time. Um you will be able to re-download games that you have previously purchased. So if there's ever been like a Vita game that you've been looking at and going like, oh man, maybe I should get that. Like the time is now. Now between now and August 27th is the time to do it. Um, you'll also no longer be able to make in-game purchases 
um, in games, which kind of sucks. So that means like you won't be able to buy um, cosmetics or DLC or that kind of stuff um, going forward after those dates. Um, and if you have uh, PlayStation Wallet funds that are specifically towards one of those things, you'll still be able to use those. You just won't be able to spend them on PlayStation, you know. PS3 or, or Vita or PSP games, you'll have to be buying a PS4 or PS5 game. Um, again, like I just think that sucks. It it really really sucks. But yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a PlayStation thing to do, I guess. So you know, do you do you think that like let's say they just said okay, we'll keep it open, but we're gonna add like I don't know a dollar to every <laughs> right? game, and that dollar is used our things if that would work i would love to know how many people are downloading or i I would love to know the numbers like i would love to know how many people actually download stuff from there i would love to know how much it costs for them to run it um but you know really my thought i tweeted this today actually is my real thought is is that as a storefront who many 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 vita games because they really got kind of the Vita was huge for indies, right? Like a lot of indie yeah. games came to Vita, and that's where a lot of people played them. And most of them, or at least a large chunk of them, were digital only um, because yeah. they were small indie games that weren't getting, um, you know, actual box releases. As a storefront owner to that, like to me, you have a responsibility to make those available to some degree. Um, yeah, and to me, it's really if, if you're going to do this, like August twenty seventh, you turn off the ability to buy games on the Vita and you and you enable sideloading. Like you should be if yeah. if the only way you can get those is through the store, then you should be able to sideload those games. And then let the developers sell them on their websites, you know, whatever. Um it, it seems very it seems really terrible to me that those games will just not be available anymore. But I Yeah, I like even if that was a you know an option, like hey you can put it on your your, you know, website that you yeah. can download it and somehow like I just don't I don't know. It seems to me too, like there, there's probably ways that Sony could say, like, "Hey, we're looking for a archive partner to manage the store for us, and we're gonna, you know, we'll help you up with the protocols. We'll figure out a way for you to sell these games on the Vita." Like, I, you've got to think that there would be people who would take up that mantle, yeah. um, and and figure out a way to do that. I just, I think it's overall kind of kind of lame. But uh, in 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 no way do I think this is a response to this. But I thought the timing was was interesting. Um, Xbox announced today that, uh, let's see, 6, 12, 14 new Xbox 360 games are now available for streaming on xCloud. So if you have the uh, Game Pass Ultimate as and uh, xCloud, as of today, I believe, or at least in the next day or two, you're going to be able to stream Fable 2, Gears of War, Judgment, Fallout New Vegas... Uh, I should have gotten a bigger picture of this. This would have made this a lot easier. <laughs> uh, let's see. That is... I can't make this any bigger, Call <laughs> It's not working. Uh, Fallout New Vegas, that is Perfect Dark Zero. Yeah. Viva Pinata. Another Perfect Dark um, Game. Yeah. Oblivion. Oblivion and Double Dragon Neon, which is a really cool game. Yeah, and then also... Oh, and there's more. Yeah, yeah Banjo-Tooie, Gears of War 3, Jetpack, Gears of War 2, Morrowind... Uh, uh, Romeo? What is... No, it's... Uh, Ka, I cannot remember. It was like such a 360 oh, game. Oh, Cameo. K-A-M-E-O? Yeah, Cameo. Is that what yeah. it was? And then Viva, Viva Pinata, Pinata and Banjo-Kazooie. 
So, yeah. oh, the first one was Banjo Tooie. I apologize. So, you know, like those are those are some pretty great games to uh, yeah. Oblivion. Such a good game. Yeah, like, and to be able to play those on your phone anywhere yeah. you go is is such a win to me. And like I said, I don't think that that's exactly like a a Microsoft saying like, well, you know, if, if Sony's going to completely ignore. Uh, you know, their backwards compatibility, their, you know, their old games on old systems, whatever, you know, we're going to show them what we can do. But at the same time, I think it does show what Xbox's dedication to backwards compatibility and game preservation yeah. really is. Like, I mean, you can literally go out today and buy OG Xbox games on their store. Yep. It's crazy. But if you have the discs, they'll still work. Uh, and not every game, but you know, there's there's a certain number of them that will. Um, and I, I don't think, I don't think that it's. I don't think any of them are like, well, we don't want to do that. It's like there's just you know resources and and you know physical reasons you can't. But it, to me, like Xbox is doing that right uh, this yeah. time around. So good on them. And uh, I, I'm personally very very excited for XCloud Beta. I wish it was here now, or I wish I had an Android phone. Either one of those. All right, Cole, what's up next? Hey, yo, Vinny. Um, I hear, uh, I hear you have some questions. Hey, I like how Vinny, like Dylan, does Vinny as like a a very like New Jersey, like you know, hey, Boston. Oh, Vinny, yeah, I, I can't tell. It's one of those two. Um, and you do him as like some sort of weird, like he's from like Saskatoon. No, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm more doing, um, I'm doing Dylan's version. If he was doing it poorly. Oh, see, because I, I really thought it was like you were envisioning, envisioning Vinny Don't from like... Don't you know, yeah. Vinny? I got yourselves a question. <laughs> like some sort of like he lives in a small fishing village on like the coast of Canada somewhere. Anyway, Vision uh, Vinny's question today is, we are getting a Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, there's going to be a Last of Us TV show and all sorts of other good video game to uh, more traditional media, I suppose. Uh game you know things coming out what other video game do you think would be a good fit for a tv show slash medium and i think i'm going to modify this a little bit what game do you think would make a good like episodic tv show like something you could imagine going for two or three seasons mm, that's not following the the storyline or of, of the game i mean i think you could go either way but i think uh my answer to this is always going to be Red Dead because yeah. um, I absolutely love westerns. Not old westerns. It has to be made like after like, I don't know, anything after Tombstone I generally enjoy. <laughs> um, but uh, if we're going to go episodic, and I was just thinking about this because I was playing it not all that long ago, you could probably do something very interesting with Spirit Fair. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you could tell in the, you know, like say it was an hour chunk, you could tell that person's story. Yeah, I could see that. Like, do you remember the, the storyteller, the, the Muppets? Um, vaguely. vaguely. I could see even doing it in that kind of uh, format where someone is telling the, you know, maybe you're the, the person on the boat um, and you're telling what happened in the past. Like it doesn't even have yeah. to necessarily oh, be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that yeah. you're telling their story of, you know, kind of thing. And I think that could be kind of interesting. It doesn't necessarily work for the whole spirit fairer story without getting into too many spoilers. Sure. But um, other than that, like, I don't know. I would love to see um, 
a a like maybe like a Game of Thrones type uh, like HBO like uh, what do they call those like the what do they call the the big budgeted um, like HBO Netflix things like pr- premiere pre yeah yeah uh, type shows. Uh, set in the Skyrim universe, but not set yeah. around. Like, I don't want to follow the Dragonborn around. I want to know yeah. about like how the different Jarls like argue and fight, and how like can you imagine how cool it would be to see like the the Thieves Guild and like all the weird influence they're having on the politics of the region. Like, do it in that kind of not necessarily how the the TV shows. Um, of Game of Thrones were set up, but the the books where every chapter in the book was like a different, like from the point of view of a different character. Yeah, um, I could see that a, like a, a a really cool like big budget HBO, big budget Netflix show set in the Skyrim universe, but not like I said, yeah. not. I don't care about what the Dragonborn is doing. Like that's the least interesting yeah. part of that story. Um, I also think, in a similar vein. Actually, this might even be better. I want a TV show where every episode is set in a different vault in the Fallout universe. That could be pretty awesome. Because if you don't, if you've never like really delved into the Fallout lore, like Fallout is a game about a person who gets put into a vault and then you know lives in the future and comes out. But the thing that's kind of the undercurrent of it is Vault Tech is a horrible, terrible, weird company who actually created the vaults not to save humanity, but because they wanted to be able to do wackadoo tests on people. On the other hand, I would just watch like an entire like series dedicated to Vault 108. Which vault's that? Uh, vault 108 is the one with Gary and his clones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some real weird vaults. Like if you if you really like if you just like mainline the uh, the Fallout series, it's pretty easy to miss a lot of the cool vaults. But there's some there's either some cool ones you get to visit or some really weird ones you get to kind of read about if you read a bunch of stuff. There's yeah. one that was like a thousand women and one guy. <laughs> um, there was what's the one in in Fallout? Four that like the guy keeps accidentally killing everyone. They have like test vaults. I mean, like this is the level of like depravity that this goes to, where Vault Tech is actually doing experiments pre, you know, pre bombs dropping um, to like test out like to to pre run different vaults to see how they might work. So then they can do it. It's it's a weird, weird, weird subplot that I don't. I think probably most people that play the game realize it, but I don't know if everyone realizes how deep all the vaults go. Yeah. Like, yeah, very few of the vaults are just like, "Hey, it's just a bunch of people stuffed in a vault to save them from a bomb." Oh, yep. It's like all of them have a twist, you know. So, yeah. I think that'd be kind of a cool like monster of the week style style thing. So, I think it'd be fun. Good question, Vinny. All right, Colby asked. <laughs> um, I guess this is him, so I'll, I'll let him ask his own question. So, so you want to know the great thing about this question? Yes. So I asked this last. Thursday, I believe. Yes, um, because I want. I like. I'm like. I'm gonna get this in early, and when I asked this question, I had a very specific game in my head, and now for the life of me, cannot remember what that <laughs> game is. All right. Well, that's so the my question, question we'll was, what's a game you've tried to replay the most but haven't been able to get into it? Because I think we had. Yeah, there was a question about before, like game you've tried the most, and then it eventually just clicked with you. Yeah. So a game that I've played a bunch that I've never been able to get into. Uh-huh. I would say, um, like, it's not a specific game, but I've 
I've tried to get into the um Actually, there's probably a couple different genres. Honestly, I've tried to get into like Souls likes games a yeah. bunch, and I just can't. Um, and and the thing is, is it's not just like the Dark Souls games. Like I've played every single Dark Souls Bloodborne game. Bloodborne, and yeah, I've played Bloodborne. I've played Dark Souls one through three. I've played Bloodborne. I've played um, a bunch of other games in that genre. Just can't get into them. Um, for m- the most part, that is also true about uh, roguelikes, where yeah. I want to like them and I just can't. So yeah, there's like a handful of roguelikes that I'm like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm kind of there with you. Probably <coughs> the actual answer is probably like a single game is probably, um, do you remember total annihilation? It's a real time strategy game made by Chris Sawyer, like way back in the day, probably Vaguely. early two thousands. It was, it was supposed to be kind of the, the, uh, I don't want to say the the successor to, but it it was kind of the like everything we learned about from Warcraft, World of Warcraft, and everything we learned from uh, Command and Conquer was going to become this this new game, and it did some really cool stuff. Like you could, um, it was right as the internet was kind of becoming a thing. So like every week they'd release a new, um, or every two weeks, whatever, a new like vehicle for the games, so, like you, a new unit that you could download and put into it. I mean, Chris Sawyer was like a super smart game designer and in addition to total annihilation he also was the designer of the sacred series um yeah and so like cool guy his thing was gas powered games i think they got bought out by someone and put out to pasture but uh, i tried to get into total annihilation so many times because i just loved the pitch of it like it was this really Mm -hmm. cool real-time strategy game that you know, had all this cool stuff, and I probably tried getting into it probably four or five times, and then I just realized that I, I'm terrible at real-time strategy games, and I don't really like them, um, but I constantly think I'm going to, and I never do, so probably Total Annihilation. God, I wish I could remember what game I was thinking <laughs> of when I asked that, because I like it was like a really good answer, because I think I originally thought that that's what the question was or something, oh, I'm like, sure. oh, I should just ask that, and now for the life of me, I mean, like... Because I remember thinking, like, well, not Twilight Princess. No one can answer that. Because I've tried that, I think, three times now. But I, for the life of me, cannot remember what game it is. I mean, this is to the point of where Colby's actual, like, message in our Discord was, I'm going to write this now so I don't forget it. Hopefully, Cliff has his shit together and puts it in the show notes for next week. So the reality is, I got it together and put it in the show notes, and then Colby forgot. Only because I tagged you. Fair enough. All right, moving on. I, I, I literally don't remember what it was. Rich, our deacon, wants to know, with all the free games, including things like Game Pass, do you really see the need to ever purchase a game? And with the rise of things like Game Pass and PlayStation Now, do you see all future game companies going to a subscription-type model? So I'm going to say that as of right now, I purchase more games than ever. Um, I would say that on average, I buy at least a game a week. Yeah. Um, however, my new favorite day of the week is Tuesday, because every Tuesday Xbox um, puts their the, the 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 sales change. Sure. So every Tuesday, I turn on my Xbox and go through those sales and go like, "Ooh, that looks like fun," and it's only like three dollars. <laughs> um, so I am buying way more games than I normally would, and probably spending more money than I. I, you know, used to, because I'm not buying, like, $60 games, but I'm buying, like, you know, I might spend $15 here on, on like, three games, yeah. or I might spend, you know, I bought, like, 
I don't know, five games uh, last week, and it was only like 25 bucks, and I used a $10 gift card, and, you know, that kind of thing, but I, like, I'm buying a ton of games. They're all just really cheap, you know, essentially indies yeah. that are on sale. Um, and with Game Pass, like, supplementing that, like, I don't I don't know when I'm going to buy a AAA game. Yeah. I, I just don't know, like, you know... Uh, I've I've got a lot of games and I've I've come to the conclusion that my favorite genre is you know eccentric indie games that cost five dollars but I somehow managed to dump a hundred hours into <laughs> it so I I, I think the thing is is like the the person who really uh, reaps what Colby is selling is me because Colby sifts through all these weird indie games that every once in a while he's like oh my god you got to go play Sundered I'm like I do Sundered's really good and he's like oh my god you got to go play Mummy Demastered I'm like okay it's real good and then he's like it he he feeds me probably a game every month maybe two games a month that are like $15 he's like oh my god it's so good and every single time they are um, I can't remember what game was on sale this week that was $6 I'm like I should tell him to buy it I'm like ah, maybe I'll just buy it for him so that he'll play it and I can't remember <laughs> I, I didn't but I like I came real close to him like I'll just I'll just buy it for him yeah. but I can't remember what it was I think to answer uh, our Deacon's question um, I am buying less games now than I've probably bought in the last four years. Um, and it's, it's because I came to like, it's, it's probably for two reasons. One, I realized that I am never going to play any of the games on PC that I own like ever. Um, I own 1200 games on steam. And I will probably never play any of them. Um, I own like 700 games on Xbox. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, I really enjoyed buying them and I've played some of them. But after being a console gamer for as long as I have, I don't really have any interest in sitting down at my PC and playing video games. Um, and I think part of it's because I work from home now. And so when I sit down to my PC, I'm sitting down to work. And anything else like just feels kind of strange. Um, but even more so than that, I like playing video games on a giant TV on my couch. And secondarily, if I'm not doing that, I like playing video games on a very tiny screen on my couch. Um, if, if game streaming worked better, um, like it, like GeForce now, I'm actually kind of thinking about resubscribing to, but the problem is, is like, I look at the 800 games that are available on GeForce now. And I look at the like two or 300 of them that like I have, I'm like, I don't really want to play any of those games. So, I think as streaming things become more ubiqu ubiquitous, um, I may stream more PC games um, and, and subscribe to something. But I, I think to, to answer the other side of the question, I think if you really look at it, Xbox has a streaming platform. PlayStation has a streaming platform. Um, Nintendo probably will in like six, six years. years. <laughs> um, but outside of that, Ubisoft has a subscription platform. EA has a subscription platform. Um, really, the only thing that you can't get a subscription for right now is like, like, uh, uh, shoot, what's that? Uh, I want to say glitch.io, but that's not right. Um, itch.io. Um, itch like, needs I was, I'm like, 
Twitchio? I'm like, yeah. that's not right. <laughs> Itchio needs a subscription platform so I can play weird indie games on a subscription model and like everyone will be done. I I, I think you're going to see I think I guess here's the thing is if it wasn't profitable, I can't imagine that Ubisoft and EA would be doing it. Um, so it must be profitable in some fashion. Um, and you'd think that a lot of people would just be taking advantage. I don't want to pay a $60 game, so instead I'm going to subscribe for, you know, a month and beat that $60 game for $15. And that must not be happening because they keep doing it. Um, Or it's happening in such a low amount that they're like, well, you know, or the exact 5% of people do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My guess is they get a lot. I bet you there are a lot of people who, I mean, honestly, that was me with Gamefly, where I'm like, ah, man, I'm going to save so much money (laughs) by renting this game at $15 a month through Gamefly instead of purchasing it. And then I'm like, why did I pay $90 for, (laughs) you know, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I still have not beaten, even though I own it, you know? (laughs) Yep. Um, so I, th- I think you're going to see more of it. I think you're going to see, I would be shocked if we end this year without Sony having some sort of like legitimate game pass, uh, competitor. Like I know that PlayStation now exists and I know in theory that is their game pass competitor, but they, they need it's to do something. Same. Yeah. yeah. The, it, like maybe it's just um, marketing. I, I don't know. Um, a lot of people wonder if that's kind of what the um, their hey we're giving away fifteen free games is yeah. kind of leading up to. They just need to be better at it. Like that—that's yeah. the long and short. Is like they need to be better at it. But I think also like the difference might be that the people that plays PlayStation games are just different than the people yeah. that play Xbox games. I also wonder. I was just thinking. I wonder if it has anything to do with um, like the like. Uh, because they're way bigger in Japan and stuff. I wonder if it has to do with like the demographic, you know, kind of thing with uh, that. Maybe that's not as popular. Yeah, could be. And um, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't do it like a North America thing, but I don't know. I wonder if there's yeah some sort of. I don't know. I just think it's. I think it's really interesting that if if you were to tell me how both major systems operated, like if you were to tell me just like the periphery of what Xbox does versus what PlayStation does and didn't tell me anything about their sales numbers, I would go like, oh, I, I've got to think that everyone loves the Xbox, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just not true. Uh, and I don't understand why, but you know, neither here nor there, I suppose. All right, last question from Shadow X. Fun question time. Cole, are you ready for some fun? I am ready for some fun. <laughs> Who is an artist or band that you listen to that falls outside the realm of your normal favorite genres that other may judge you for? Do you have a do you have a like a guilty pleasures band? I don't not really. Like I've got guilty pleasures songs. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong, but like I've got plenty of those. I mean, my wife will attest that I've been walking around singing um uh I'd really like to see you tonight by England Dan sales oh. and whatever. I don't know. I can't remember who it's by. Brooke has uh, seen England Dan in concert. Yeah. Um, and so like, I listen to a lot of like really weird, like, I mean, I know all the words to, um, uh, last duet by, um, Lily Tomlin and, Oh, who is the guy? I cannot think. Yeah. Um, he's, a. uh, you want to sing it for me? You won't know it. Um, 
One second. Uh, Barry Manilow. That's oh. who it is. Would you say I you're a Fanilo call? No, not at <laughs> all. I don't know if I can name another Barry Manilow song. Oh, I bet but you. But I, I, I probably yeah. can. I legit really like that song. <laughs> I don't know why. I, um, uh, I think that both of us have... My musical tastes are so weird. They're really like, wide. Like, yeah. super wide. Like, I listen to everything from... Like, the only, probably, the only genres that I don't actively listen to are, like, current pop music. Um, yeah, that's the funny thing. country like, music. <laughs> and, like, I don't like reggae very much. You, you ask me anything about a band that has been popular since about... I'm going to go 2005, like yeah. 2005 to now. And I'm going to be like, no, I've never heard of that. They're like, that was the biggest song ever. I'm like, mm, nope, don't know it. It was literally um, my favorite game to play at the radio station I worked at. They're like, yeah, the new song by X. I'm like, I've never heard that song. They're like, no, you absolutely have. I'm like, never heard that song. They're like, we play it everywhere. I'm like, never heard that song. They like pull it up on YouTube. I'm like, I've never heard this song. And then people just like stare at me blankly. <laughs> And you would do that same thing with me, where you're like, hey, you talked about, is it Pharrell who does Happy? Pharrell. Or Pharrell? Yeah, Pharrell. Pharrell. I don't yeah. know how the hell. I <laughs> From don't now know on, he'll be Pharrell. I have never heard that song, yeah. despite the fact that apparently it is a huge song. I, You know, you know what I wish I'd never heard, Cole? Hmm. Happy by Pharrell. I hate that song so much. I mean, it would, it would be like, I mean, like a lot of the music, like if in uh, the year 2000, if someone said like, Smooth by Rob, you know, uh, <laughs> Rob Thomas, Thomas and San, Santana. I'm like, never heard of it. You'd be like, no, you lied. That song, like any radio station plays that. I'm like, I don't know. Haven't heard it. And that is how I am with music nowadays. I met but, Rob Thomas once. Super nice guy. And he is in a hilarious episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The uh, the, the weirdest thing that happened to me. So I, he came to my work. Like, that's where I met him. And he was, he was doing an interview. And uh, they pulled me in to take some pictures or something. And we had a big head. Like, so do you know what the big heads are? They're like the big cardboard cutouts of someone's head. And you can like hold them. Yeah, you yeah. see them at like, yeah. stuff, uh, like sporting Sports events and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we had a bunch of music artists. Um, and we had one of Pink. And he holds up this picture of Pink. He's like, oh, to his like handler. I don't know. Like the dude who follows Rob Thomas around and does what he asks. Was um, it uh, Sinbad? It was not Sinbad. Uh, and he's like, and he like puts the, the, the big head over his face of pink and like, Haha, take my picture and takes his picture. And he's like, oh, go, send that to pink. And the guy's like, I don't know if I, I, don't, I think I have pink's old number. And he rattles off off the top of his head, pink's number out loud <laughs> in a room with me and the jock who was interviewing him. And I'm like, man, if I had a better mind for numbers, I'd have pink cell phone number right now. And it was just the most surreal thing in the world that first of all, Rob Thomas and pink are good enough friends that he has her phone number memorized. And that second of all, like I could have also had pink's phone number memorized. <laughs> Hi, pink. I, I don't, I don't think I know a single pink song. I know a handful like working in radio for a while kind of ruined me mm. for not knowing current music because I just, I had to, um, mm. Which actually probably would be probably one of the uh, probably one of my like weird guilty pleasure uh, artists is actually uh, not Pink, but uh, Nate Roos, who uh, has a duet with Pink called um, "Just Give Me a Little." Maybe I don't know what it is. Um, like I'd never really been a big fan of Nate Roos before. He was the lead singer of a band called Fun, um, 
And then, like, we did this thing with the radio stations where they'd come in and do, like, these little teeny concerts for, like, 30 people. And Nate Roos did one at the end of his tour. And he gets there, and everyone's like, oh, Nate, Nate Roos just threw up. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like, and you're, like, in your head, you're thinking, like, oh, f- like f- rock stars. Jesus. Like, this is, like, a cool thing with fans. Like, you couldn't show up, like, you know, not hungover to a, you know, meet and greet with fans. And turns out he actually had food poisoning. <laughs> and so, like, I immediately felt terrible. But he came out and uh, and did a... He's like, you know, my, my tour ended yesterday, so I don't really have to care about my voice anymore. So I'm going to do this duet that I normally do with Pink, but I'm going to sing both pieces. And normally I can't do that because her, you know, is, hers is higher than his. But, like, I'm going to do it. And he just wrecked it. Uh, it was, like, just amazingly good. And so, like, Nate Roos might be one of my guilty pleasure bands. But besides that, man, like, I listen to everything from... Like, I listen to a lot of, like, 70s country and, like, lots of 70s folk, um, but also, like, punk and classic rock and I don't know. So these are the last, uh, we'll go with, like, seven albums that I have downloaded to my phone. Okay. They are Electric Light Orchestra's, like, greatest hits. Um, Tom Morello. One of the best songs in the world is on that, that album. Mr. Blue Sky? Mr. Blue Sky. Um, Union Town by Tom Morello, um, who is the guitarist for Rage Against the Machine. Uh, the Streets of Fire soundtrack, which I will maintain is the best soundtrack out of the 80s. Sure. Um, the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. Or no, not seven. I'm sorry. Six soundtrack. Uh, the Specials. <laughs> um, uh, Pete Seeger and then Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. There's a lot of variety not, not in, a lot of overlap there well i mean i think that's the uh, same thing is like the con the band that colby and i have probably seen the most in concert both of us is flogging molly um, followed by primus followed by know? primus for both of us and then after that oddly enough for me i think it's probably jethro tull so mm. you know it, it's it's all over the place um Music's great. And I only saw Jethro Tull once, and it was a pretty... It was probably one of my worst concerts until I saw Eric Clapton. And then he took that spot. Yeah, the Eric Clapton show was rough. I've seen seen Tull three times, and uh, the second one wasn't bad. Um, The third one was not great. Anyway, (laughs) uh, in case you're wondering, Shadow X's was Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff's fine. I didn't know that Hilary Duff sang. She does. Yeah, she is a she is a singer. Um, I don't know if she still sings, but maybe I don't know. Moral of the story is like I spent a lot of my like twenties and thirties being a real dick about music and like oh I can't believe you listen to that and like who cares like God there's so many more important things in this world if music makes you happy listen to it. Uh, cheap free games this month. We've got uh, some Twitch Prime. So these are, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can get these games for free. Just need to link up your accounts. Uh, the Escapist, which is real fun. It's about trying to escape from prison. Um, it's a really enjoyable game. Uh, Moving Out, which is one of the best games I played at PAX 2019. It was a, it's a, uh, like a moving. And a pretty great Billy Joel song. It, it is also a pretty great Billy Joel song. It's a, a, like a moving simulator. So you play like guys trying to move furniture out of like the level I played was moving furniture out of a haunted house while trying to avoid ghosts. Super fun. Um, Move or Die, the Couch Party Edition, looks like a really cool like couch co-op kind of game. Get into that. Aces of the Luftwaffe colon 
Squadron. I don't know. It's probably a World War II game, if I had to guess. And then Before I Forget, which, man, I looked up what Before I Forget was about. It looked really fun, but I don't remember. So check those out. You can get them off, uh, like I said, off Twitch Prime. Uh, PlayStation Plus for this month is actually really good. Um, Oddworld Soulstar, which is uh, releasing on uh, the 6th, I believe, is uh, just coming straight to PlayStation Plus, which is pretty cool. Um, Days Gone, which is that, like zombie motorcycle game is that the way that is I've that? heard that's yeah I've heard that's really good um like with some bad parts but overall quite I've good. heard it's really good but I've heard it's grindy like super yeah. grindy um but yeah I've, I've heard it was a game that is interesting to me because when it came out it got kind of middling reviews and then I started hearing about all these people who really liked it uh, but yeah. at the same time, I've also heard a lot of people who really don't. So it's probably a game to try if you've got a PlayStation. Um, yeah. Then Zombie Army 4 Dead War, which I have not played. But Colby and I played through uh, Zombie Armies 1 through 3 uh, and and quite enjoyed them. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's built on the, what, Sniper 4 engine? I believe so, yeah. Sniper Elite 4 engine. So it's... You know, again, any game you get to shoot Nazis is great. So check out uh, Zombie Army 4. It's a game I hope comes to Game Pass because I would absolutely shoot Nazis again. It was good. Yeah. Uh, games with Gold this month is not quite as good, but that's okay. Uh, you're getting Vikings, Wolves of Midgard, uh, April 1st to the 30th. Truck Racing Championship, which I bet Colby is super excited about. That's a $60 game. <laughs> April 15th to May 15th, Dark Void, uh, available the 1st through the 15th, and Hardcore Uprising, the 16th through the 30th. Um, the games of gold for probably the last three or four months have been pretty lackluster, but since <laughs> I don't pay for it anymore, I don't really care. I just get it as part of Game Pass. That's fine. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, this uh, month, tomorrow, actually yesterday, you're getting Narita Boy, which uh, looks kind of interesting. It's an action-adventure kind it of looks game really fun yeah it looks really good i actually downloaded it um it, it looks quite good yeah it looks good uh then like we were saying on april 1st you'll get outriders that new kind of uh destiny looking rpg from uh, square enix and then on uh, sometime in april you'll get nhl hockey 21 so i'm assuming there's going to be another uh like announcement of games coming. Maybe not by the time we podcast next week, but probably by the next one, I bet you'll see another five or 10 games get added to game pass. So there's stuff coming out this month. Uh, small bites. Um, rocket league is coming to mobile, <laughs> which is interesting. It's going to be called rocket league Sideswipe, And it is not, it's not like when, uh, what do I want to say? It's not like when, like PUBG came to mobile or Fortnite came to mobile and all of a sudden like you could be playing, you know, on your PC against someone on a cell phone. <laughs> um, it's going to be a specific like optimized version for cell phones. It's all going to be either 1v1 or 2v2. And uh, they're going to like redo the controls to make it a little bit more mobile friendly, easier to control, like apparently a different field of view to make it easier to keep track of where the ball is on a mobile. And uh, matches will only be two minutes long. Which is kind of interesting. Like, the only thing that kind of sketched me there is, like, two minutes long is fine as long as they can match make super, super, super yeah. fast. Because even with a five-minute match, we'd play and it would be, like, five minutes of playing a game. And then, like, three minutes of waiting for a game to load in. And then five yeah. minutes of playing a game. And then four minutes of waiting for a game to play in if, if not everyone stuck around. So, I don't know. I... If I have a new cell phone, 
<laughs> by the time this comes out instead of the current cell phone I have, which gets to be roughly the surface of the sun when playing video games. I would try a, a mobile Rocket League. It could be kind of fun. What do you think? Would you try that out, Cole? Probably not, no. Probably. That's fair. That's uh, absolutely fair. I've, I've got Rocket League on Xbox if I want to play it. Have you played Rocket League lately? No. I pick it up every once in a while. Man, that game is still so good. Like, I, it's... It's just so good. And, like, the only thing that's hard about it is I completely forget. Like, you get a lot of the, like, muscle memory there, but I'm not as good as I used to be. Like, like the muscle memory is there, but I just can't quite connect yeah. on it. <laughs> it's really disappointing. It's a fun game, though. All right. I think that is us for this week. Colin, unless you've got something else you want to talk about. Nope. Do you want to make something up you want to talk about? Sure. Um, the... What was the weird thing that patty hearst joined the uh Uh, the thrill kill cult no no the something liberation oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. we could talk about them i know nothing about them so it's all just gonna be random stuff that i make up i don't think it's well i mean honestly call we'll open up wikipedia we'll just read straight (laughs) off of there and we've made an episode of sword and sword and scale scale yeah And I haven't been creepy towards anyone in our uh, Facebook or Discord. Have I just unleashed a horde of sword and scale like fanboys? Like, Probably. will they come for me like a weird Elon Musk like person? I mean, as as someone who has been on the end of one of those things from that, yeah, they will. Cool. That's my goal, man. It's just to piss off a bunch of weird fanboys. Mm. All right, that's us. Uh, Bitemepodcast.com is where you can find out more about us. You can go to facebook or twitter or instagram slash bite me podcast to uh you know check out what we're doing on the social media um our twitter is so active right now because colby and i are both posting there's so much happening there i don't know if it's good or not but it's you know whatever uh you can go to bite me podcast.com slash discord to follow us on discord chat with us during the day keep me sane uh you can go to patreon.com slash bite me Patreon.com slash Bite Me Podcast to slip us a couple dollars a month and you'll get some stickers as soon as I get some stickers. It'll be great. Colby. Bite me. Excellent. Bite me.